0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today... We have a lot to get to because, as me and Adam predicted last week, by the way, we batted very well in our predictions of what the Pacers are going to do going forward. As we predicted, Doug McDermott did get signed and traded to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll break down that trade, what it did for the Pacers, why they did it, and why it's kind of hard to grade that trade at this point in time. And then Keelan Martin, who's guaranteed it was originally Saturday, that got moved to the future. We'll talk about that, what it means, how the Pacers can shift their roster as a result. And the Pacers' first summer league game got moved, so we can't talk about that yet. And Lloyd Pierce won a gold medal, and T.J. McConnell's contract details are out. Wow, wow, wow do we have a lot to get to. And joining me to break it all down and continue to nail some offseason predictions, Mr. Adam Friedman, former Indy Corners writer extraordinaire.
0: Adam, how are you? Doing pretty well. I uh, I covered the Music City GP Day, and also all my predictions for that one, too. So, I I'm just on a off streak. You're an IndyCar master. Uh, you're,
1: you're probably the only person doing journalism in Tennessee who... Is from Indy, so you probably all over. Uh, uh,
0: you are wrong, actually. Our uh, sports reporter, one of them, is from Indianapolis.
1: Oh, so you were not the the expert IndyCar person. Uh, we were
0: no. both were, We were we were both covering today. So okay,
1: there awesome. you go. That's a perfect assignment for you two. Yes, it was. So as surmised, mostly this was an easy prediction because there's kind of no reason for this not to have happened. But the Pacers did end up signing trading Doug McDermott to the Spurs. The Spurs just take him into salary cap space, so no ma- money has to come back. To the Pacers, it's a no-brainer. So, the Pacers announced it and said they sent out picks and a pick swap for a pick, which sounds really rosy, but it's probably not that rosy. The Spurs gave us a little more specifics. So, the Spurs said that they acquired Doug McDermott, a 2023 protected second-round pick, and the rights to swap 2026 second-round picks with the Pacers in exchange for San Antonio's 2023 protected second-round pick. So, basically, the reason the Spurs had to send something is because you can't send nothing in a trade. So, My guess is that the pick the Spurs sent the Pacers is just junk. Uh, And then the Pacers actually sent a meaningful protected pick. And the swap picks mean nothing. The Spurs and Pacers are always as good as each other, basically, since Tim Duncan retired. I don't really care about that. But the reason the Pacers did this uh, uh, is they created a trade exception worth $7.33 million. It lasts a calendar year. So it lasts into next offseason. It lasts three days into next Offseason, season. So not only does that have value, that has a ton of ways to use value, Adam. So do you feel like giving up a protected
0: second rounder for a trade exception is a good idea? I believe I said this exactly. And we were discussing whether it was, it should be a top 15 protect, like you said seconds. first
1: round protected. First. No,
0: but then I I started I then I scaled back. I said, would you do like top forty five or like you know one of those weird where it like flips the other way or or, or whatnot? So I believe like I got pretty close to down. Yeah,
1: closer to this. Assuming my I mean I'm guessing the Spurs sent the Pacers nothing in effect unless they're like amazing that year, which I, I would be pretty shocked. But yeah, I, I think for a trade exception, that's absolutely worth it. And does, a pick swap means like nothing to me basically, especially in the second round when
0: I mean it, it's darts at the wall at that point anyway. Um, Any pick outside of 20 really is, like, diminishing, diminishing value. I would uh, – there was – a Ryan still did a podcast at one point where he went through it and basically discussed, like, outside of 20, it's almost – like, there are exceptions, of course, to the rule, but it's almost impossible to get even, like, a rotation player.
1: Yeah, so the reason the Pacers did this, behind that they have been finally cashing in their second round picks they got from their first three years as a front office, is the trade exception. That's a big deal. And before you listeners says, I heard a stat that said only – 5% of trade exceptions get used, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, that is a true stat. But the reason for that is, one, trade exceptions have caught on as a tool in the salary cap universe, kind of in the last, like, three to four years. They really only didn't only exist until, I think, the 2011 CBA. So that's it, dumb to shout that out, first of all. Second of all, 95% of trade exceptions are, like, $2 million, right? The T.J. Leaf trade exception, which expires, if you're listening on Monday, today is $2.8 million, right? Those are really hard to use. It's very hard to find a player that a team is willing to deal that makes more than the minimum, but less than that. It's stupid. It's not worth using a big trade exception. Let's say more than 6 million. Those get used kind of often. And there's a reason teams are willing to give up stuff to acquire them. So the Pacers get one, right? The Celtics just use a $10 million trade exception to get Josh Richardson, for example. Uh, So basically, uh, actually, Adam, first of all, uh, do you agree with my rant that that, More expensive trade exceptions actually have value, or do you feel like I'm I'm overstating it? Before you're overstating
0: it a little bit. I mean, I think the way this one has value, the Pacers is because of their their cap situation and their correct right. That's where it has the most value, just because. the problem is they're not going to pay the tax, but like there is a world where like if they lose TJ Warren and a couple other things go bad, they could only like replace it with an MLE guy and still have room, but couldn't use it to the the tax line because. They wouldn't like going on a minimum guy can kind of above that threshold. So there is a, there is some, some values because it's kind of above what they could pay somebody if they use their MLE and still have room to the tax. So there's a
1: couple of reasons I want to talk about to use it for sure. But let's talk about what a trade exception is. Got this question a lot on Twitter today. So they cannot combine it with another salary to receive a player. So they, What they cannot do is do Jeremy Lamb plus trade exception equals $18 million player. That's not allowed. The player the Pacers acquire has to be able to fit in the Pacers trade exception amount, which is $7.333 million, what McDermott made last year, plus $100,000. So it's basically $7.43 million. That is the maximum amount a player can make the Pacers acquire with a trade exception. They don't have to send out any matching salary, nothing like that. They just trade the exception for the player. That's it. That's all it is. And then people get really confused about stacking it, and, and it lasts for... Uh, I'm going to put air quotes up a calendar year, but it's really a league year. So the moratorium for the league next year is going to be back to normal. So it'll probably last until about July 5th or 6th. Yeah,
0: maybe 20th. 8th. Even I mean, usually the league is first on the 1st, so it could be the same situation.
1: Yeah, there. 6th, 7th, 8th, somewhere in there. So a few um, days into free agency next year, but it can be used anytime. Um, yeah, the,
0: the the way this is a little bit more valuable in the sense is that it gets an expiring contract because that's usually like, I mean, that, I think that would be like a case. Like So when it comes to like, you can't, like sign and trade with it, obviously. Um, but like when, so when the Patriots come the next year and they want to use their MLE, let's say, but maybe there isn't some that fits into it or they want to use for it, they could then maybe have the back option to maybe get a guy who's on an expiring deal who doesn't want to be in the end, doesn't want to be on their team, like you wouldn't be able to get. So it opens up the window a little bit more if they if they have the MLE kind of space between them and the tax, whatever that like number is. Yeah, next
1: summer, even if their team's kind of filled out, they might have enough tax room to just like, take in a crappy deal and an asset and use it. And that would be good. And that is why, before I get into my possible favorite use of it, um, I want to say that beyond, like, I get why the Pacers did this, but it's impossible to grade this McDermott trade w- until they use the exception. If they don't use the they exception. They might not use it. They might not If they use don't it. use it, though, it's well, bad. They, then they just gave away a second. You know what I mean? So it, it's yeah, kind but, of okay. hard to analyze it in full right now until yeah, but, they use it. And if they use to, it very, go ahead. I guess to me, it's an insurance policy, is all. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. But if, but, and maybe the second's protected. It, it doesn't matter. But like, if they get something awesome with it, they basically gave up a second rounder for the awesome thing they got with it.
0: In theory. Yeah, but let's go through the list. It's basically an Ek Onobogu Un- insurance policy. It's an, <laughs> an Alize Johnson insurance play. Sumner is the one exception to so far second picks. But like, you go to second round picks. Most of them are missed. It's 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 a very it's a relatively cheap insurance policy. If you somehow lose Warren next year, basically is how I view it. You right. let get a player back. You don't That's get to replace him, but you get a player to replace some of his value.
1: So can I tell you my favorite use for this? Sure. So you have to, to trade Jeremy Lama away. the Pacers have to acquire a player making at least five point, I think seven, 5 million or something like that. So the, the dream use of this to me, if you're the Pacers and I'm not saying this is possible is Trade Jeremy lamb for a player making like $7 million. And then for the other team, the trade is structured as player X for lamb. And that's legal in the cap for the Pacers. It's structured as lamb or for the Pacers. It's structured as trade exception for player X plus lamb for nothing. So they would get a bigger trade exception by doing that, uh, a Jeremy Lamb size trade exception and the clock would reset on how long it lasts. So that's the ideal trade to me. I think DJ or are, are, and Tyus Jones are two guys, for example, that would fit into that trade exception. So that, that to me is the the funniest ideal way to use it is just can to you, scale into a bigger trade exception.
0: Yeah, without there being some more assets switched for Lamb and what I like can you trade Lamb for nothing? Literally. Uh, I mean, yeah, but then you, then you have two trade exceptions. That's even better, I guess. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I mean, in the scenario, like, is it legal to just, like, in that, like, doesn't the team have to send some asset back when you trade Lamb? Or can they take him to cap space?
1: No, it's called a non-simultaneous trade, and that's way too much to get into for today's show. So, no. Okay. That, that no, happen.
0: but I, I, guess I, didn't realize, I guess I didn't realize you could just, I guess the Pacers did that with Ward, right? Trades can be structured differently from each side. Isn't that very confusing? Yeah, well, I, I didn't realize you could just send a player to a team without them sending something back. They did. They
1: sent back the player X.
0: No, but they didn't in, in that trade is what I'm saying. No, they That's did right. though. It's
1: structured differently for each team. It's not worth talking about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about it after the show. Okay. Um, but, but that is my favorite way of using it is to make a Jeremy Lamb legal trade work and they get a larger trade exception for doing that, uh, which is one potential good reason to do it. But even saving it till next off season when the Lamb's off the books, Warren is off the books, though. They'll probably try to keep him. Um, and Ben Sumner's off the books. Some other, A lot of their other contracts stabilized. And the cap goes up more than projected. They could even, if they get Warren at a not crazy deal, use the MLE and this trade exception and then really change around their team or something like that. So it's a pretty valuable move for the Pacers to do this. Uh, it, it's not, It's not a good trade if they don't end up using it. But if they do end up using it, it's a good bit of business and a smart way to turn your departing
0: player into something of value to your team. I think if they don't use it, it's it's an okay insurance policy, right? I mean, obviously it didn't pay off, so like it's not as good, but it's I guess it's always worth it, I guess. I, yeah. I, I I I just don't like I just don't value second round picks at all. I mean, I, they, <laughs> that's to fine. Me, that- they're like not. There's like almost. It's like they're not. It's like there's in buy boy dollar. Right? It's not worth the money. It's printed on.
1: The doom scenario is the 2023 20, second rounder goes to the Spurs. Then that player becomes unbelievably good and then they swap in 2026 and the spurs have like the 58th pick because of this insane second rounder but i'm it, it that is so unlikely it's unbelievable uh my guess for the picks is that the pacers sent they have this 2023 second rounder one of the ones they got from miami in the tj warren trade uh and we know it's 2023 so they either traded their own 2023 second rounder or the one they got from miami which is actually the worst of houston dallas or miami i'm guessing Actually, it says protected, so maybe it's their own, but it could be that one. And I think the Spurs probably sent top 55 protected 2023 for themselves. Let me see what they have while I'm looking at the traded pick sheet. But yeah, those could end up being just completely meaningless things that aren't even. uh, Yeah, so the the Spurs sent their own 2022 second out already. So it's probably just uh, top 55 protected uh, 2023 second rounder. So that's extremely meaningless stuff, but it's a part of the trade. So got to break it down.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: So we'll see what happens from that. If the, maybe it is a, a lamb trade tool, and that's why they they did it uh, in this order in the off season. But uh, there's only so much lamb trade stuff we can talk
0: about before we're, well, we hit the wall. So I think the next thing we're talking about actually plays into the idea that there might be a lamb trade.
1: A little bit. So yes, the the thing we want to move on to is as we surmised last Friday, one of the options for Keelan Martin was moving back his guarantee date, um, so he can be you know sticking around a little longer, maybe prove himself to a new coaching staff or something. Uh, but anyway. That isn't a, it, what happened. So there's still a little bit of flexibility with his roster spot uh, heading as the offseason trudges along. So let's talk about that. But first, let's take a little break and talk about the great folks over at Stat Hero. Because did you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really surprising though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups. Some are experts, some of them, it's their full time job. You don't have a chance. That's where Stat Hero comes in. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning. With inReach, you name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their abilities ahead of time. No one else does that. Here's how it works. They show you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You're in total control. It's the way DFS is meant to be. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn stathero.com slash locked on go check it out today so one of the options for keelan martin there were basically three one was keep him one was cut him and one was push back his guarantee date because the pacers don't really know what they want to do yet or they have other plans and they want to see how everything shakes out and they pushed it back to later this offseason uh keelan martin's new contract guarantee date is for the pacers it is before the regular season starts uh, but it is still in this off season. So let's talk about why Keelan Martin's group would agree to that, because I'm guessing it's something like this. He wants to make the team, obviously, and being around for longer gives him more chances to make impressions. But also if the Pacers are like, as of right now, we would cut you, but we might do stuff that makes it so we don't cut you. Then he would say, okay, you know, I, I would rather have that than not, especially because he can still survey options in theory. I mean, wink, wink. No, they can't. But um, so I, <laughs> The Pacers obviously would like to do it because they want to have that non-guarantee still option to them if they want to clear the money space. We talked about their relationship with the tax and Martin would do it if he thought it gave him a better chance to make the team. And we can talk about more reasons why that's the case. Um, but yeah, that they pushed that date back from August 7th to later this offseason. So, Adam, you said that that you thought that played into more of this Pacers offseason
0: plan. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Martin is probably like we will if we get trade lamb, you're on the team. Is probably that is certainly I mean, possible. If that's what it feels like, in my opinion, right? Because you don't push. The, I mean, they can cut other salary, right. right? The other thing is he's playing in summer league, right?
1: He's not on the roster right now. Oh, okay. So like, I mean, so here's the thing because Goga stole away from the team. Uh, they might be able to add another player and have Keelan play there. And he just played with the team out in, in training with them in, in California. Um, so kind of TBD what Keelan's relationship is with the with the summer league team. But it's possible they add him late, though. I kind of doubt it, especially with COVID
0: concerns going on in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I but was thinking, I guess, I guess he's not playing. I think he'll just give him a chance to play in some of the Pacers. The well, room.
1: that's what I was going to guess. One of the reasons is they moved it
0: back is they anticipated adding him to the Summer League roster. Well, Unless at least to play Because, I mean, that's where right. he's going to want to be if he doesn't. Um, like He wants to showcase his talent, right? So he wants to, yep. he wants to be able to play in that if he's not going to have a team next year. But I, I do think a lot of it's probably like, if we can get rid of Lamb, you'll be on the roster. We just have to figure out we can do that. And maybe the agent agent thinks they'll be able to get rid of Lamb because he's. Kind of to the other agents or whatnot, who knows? But um that'd be my kind of guess.
1: Yeah, but even to them, like maybe the date gets pushed back again, like past training camp, and then Martin gets to prove himself to the coaches or like this day could just be moved back infinitely <laughs> in theory, and he could collect checks while he's still on the team at that point. But yeah, I agree with you that you know it gives the pacers time to
0: survey for maybe a bigger move or a, well, a, sm- a small salary down Partially guaranteed contract. They didn't say how they could want him to be partially guaranteed, so they could just right, keep doing that.
1: In theory, that is possible, right? That would be very annoying to keep up with uh, as a guy who's
0: obsessed with salary cap stuff, but
1: it's possible. But yeah, that's the big one for him is like Keelan wants to prove to the coaching staff that he should be on this team, right? So pushing it back and giving himself more time to do that is smart business for him. uh, In theory, if they were planning on cutting him at this point in time, because the money problems are certainly real. Um, And then like, think back to last year. And I know that you know, the, there were different situations and the calendar was different last year, but Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert happened. What was it? Nine games into the season, 10 games. Yeah, into the nine, season? nine. Right. So let's say you're Keelan and, and you're, you, you keep getting it pushed back and you're non-guaranteed in the seasons happening. And then something like that happens where the Pacers just fall, stumble into this trade that they've wanted to do for so long and clear 4 million of space. Now your spot's a lot safer, right? The, the tax concerns kind of go away. So that's another reason that he might just, want to keep pushing it back if the Pacers will keep him around because then it could just benefit him if something like that happens. And again, he could get paid, you know, during the season before he gets cut. So for him, there's advantages to it if the threat of the Pacers saying we're going to cut you is there. And for the Pacers, the advantage is obvious, right? They added flexibility because they have more time to fully decide or they have more time to survey other options if they want to keep him. And to me, this actually kind of makes me think they think he does have some value or else they would have just cut him yesterday. Uh, so they think he has some value and they want to give him a chance, but they need to survey their other options first. So it's kind of a very interesting situation that both parties are in. And I think this is maybe the best solution.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I think it's it's sort of a win-win for both sides right now, because I, I'm not sure Keelan would make another roster, right? So like at least keeps him with the opportunity to maybe get, to maybe get a roster spot and the Pacers get what they wanted all along, which is a non-guaranteed deal basically. And they can keep pushing it probably until, they decided they want him, or they figure out they're not going to hit the bonuses that will make him go over the tax, or whatever. Yeah, they gotta figure out. We also
1: knew that we knew this already because O'Shea was unbelievable okay. last year. But O'Shea's non-guaranteed next year too, but it, it, he's guaranteed. Like, it's a, you know what I mean? Like they could yeah. view, they could view him as the non-guaranteed guy if they he get would be so him. bad. Yeah, they would okay. not do that. That would be embarrassing. Uh I'm excited to see O'Shea play in summer league. But so I think that we learned a little bit here about how the Pacers view Keelan. They they do actually think he merits a, a, an end of roster spot to some degree, at least, right? They, they I think we kind of knew that anyway, because he made it into free agency, but this sort of confirms that they feel that way, but they still value that flexibility a ton because they're so close to the tax. So they are pushing the date back now uh, and seeing what they can do in the next however many days it is. And then they'll decide from there. Uh, so Keelan's got some time to try to prove himself. The Pacers have some time to try to shift stuff around and maybe keep him. Uh, so I would say that I would agree with you. That, that is a win-win for the two sides. Um, and we'll reassess later in this off season. Uh, it is, again, it is before training camp. So so still, he he might renegotiate that back later again uh, to get into camp. We'll see. It depends on what happens for the Pacers the rest of this month. But I agree with you that that still leaves the door open for a deal or a swap of trades at some point in the future. And now that all these execs are parachuting in on Vegas in the same place,
0: that, that might open up some possibilities. Yeah. I mean, I... I guess we just don't know who would be that last roster spot, but it's probably, there's probably a ton of players out there. If, if anybody, if anybody, you don't even sure. have to have a 15th guy. Yeah. But don't you have to pay a, a, uh, like a filler?
1: No, that's only if you're below 13, 13.
0: Oh, and they're I at 14. They? Yeah. And I feel like you'd want somebody there, but it might just be like, a I really, agree really, that
1: really you should want, like, you should never waste a roster spot. Like it's a chance to just have a potential asset in your door. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I, I, I mean, you should be critical. We will be critical of the Pacers if they don't have anyone in the spot. But having a non-guaranteed guy in the spot is what they probably want, or like a partial guarantee or something. So
0: yeah, yeah, and probably really low. Because I mean, I think when you when you mentioned it last week about the the bonuses possibly hitting, I think there's a good chance one of those does, and it could put them really right. really right. close to the tax. And that is a 10 million. Probably well, what what, what what I think Mark Stein tweeted out. it'd be like a 10 million dollar swing, right? Ultimately, at least if they hit the tax,
1: I tweeted that on the Lockdown Pacers Twitter account. That it could you, Bobby Marks tweeted that that it's 9.5 million. That's right, Bobby Marks tweeted, okay. But I tweeted that you have to combine that with how much the Pacers would spend on the player and the tax amount they would be spending by signing the player, is probably over 10 million dollars.
0: So, so uh, not I, happening. I could make a lockdown Twitter joke right now, but I won't. Yeah. Thank good. you, Adam.
1: Uh, yeah. If you want to go laugh at us, uh, go check out what's going on in the on the lockdown Pacers Twitter account. But um, the other thing I just thought of uh, is that we talked about this too, right? It's legal for them to w- waive Keelan and then he clears waivers and then they re-sign him to a different contract for the upcoming season. And if, they, if it gets the end of August, right, every other team might just be done, right? They might've filled their roster and free agencies over. So that would make it safer for them if that was their plan to waive him and then sign him to that partial guaranteed deal that they may be craved. So that also opens up that route of flexibility. That'd kind of be a dick move, but- uh, Yeah, you but know I, I'm imagining
0: Keelan's agent did it to diligence and they just don't have a, like a guaranteed contract any, of course, any, anywhere of right now. So that's why they're just rolling the Pacers dice at least. Right,
1: and if he, and if he gets even like 400K guaranteed- like when he signs a new deal later in the in the offseason, if that happens, that'd
0: be way better than just being non-guaranteed and in limbo, right? So that yeah, could be another on a two-way deal, right? Didn't we determine he needs to make like five hundred and one thousand dollars to pass the two-way contract? Oh, yes, that's that's correct. So that's probably what it will be if it happens, right? Yep. <laughs> Maybe not five hundred and one, but like five twenty-five. <laughs>
1: yeah. So now that we've gone way too nitty-gritty dorky on the Pacers' 15th man, uh, that is the free agency news from the weekend. But there was a lot, you know, the McDermott trade deal is pretty big and Keelan's uh, date getting pushed back does kind of signal a fair bit amount about what could be coming uh, for the Pacers in the coming week. So, yeah, still a lot to potentially break down on Locked On Pacers about free agency later this offseason or into next year. Maybe we can do a full segment about what the trade exception could net them right now, although the tax makes that, again, a little bit ro- hard of a segment to do. Uh, we could do that later this week. But there is some other news to get to about the team, about Summer League, about their coaching staff, about McConnell's contract. So let's take a break. And get to all that too. But first, let's talk about two awesome groups of people. The first one being the great folks over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars ever. Adam and I have tried man, several dozen of their flavors and they're all extremely good. They're 100% covered in chocolate. Soft and easy to chew protein bars that come in so many delicious flavors. There's something for everybody if you're a fruit flavors person. They've got tons of those. If you like sweeter flavors, they've got a bunch of chocolate-based stuff. They've got some good mint ones. I don't really know what category to put that in, but they're all delicious. And my favorite, the double chocolate, the peanut butter brownie are both absolutely awesome. You can try a bunch in their mixed package. And not only are built Bar flavors super good, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. So try them today. They're also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty freaking neat. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked15. You'll get 15% off. So go to Locked or go to built.com and use that promo code Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And we're also talking about the great folks over at BetOnline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball is rolling. My Phillies are on fire. I never get to say that when I talk about. Uh, basketball stuff here. But BetOnline's got uh, NBA MVP odds up for next year. Adam, who do you think the best odds are right now? MVP next year, uh, I'm going to guess it's Giannis, Steph, Jokic, in that order. Uh, Jokic is, is pretty far down. He's like 10th on their odds. Luca is first. Uh, oh yeah. Luca Stefanis is the top three listed there. Ah, I, got, I got two of those. You did get not. two of them. Well done. Uh, so yeah, if you want to go That's check that one. out, betonline.ag head over there on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the info Sign up Bonus bonuses, sporting news that they have head over to that website, sign up today. If you create your account and use the promo code locked on all one word, when you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online sports book experts. All right. Where should we start here, Adam? Would you like to do TJ? Mc- actually, I'm going to dictate this. We're doing TJ McConnell first. Uh, his official contract numbers have hit the league. Uh, so as we were reported initially, smart play by his agency to report it this way. He got four years, $35.2 million. But actually, his four-year deal has $29.3 million guaranteed. It starts at $7.5 million. So there's a little bit of space from the tax is that the deal's a little smaller, but it's smaller because of this. He has $400,000 in unlikely bonuses as of now each season. TBD on what those bonuses are, but it has to be something he did not do last year, uh, either statistically or the Pacers did last year. It could even be making the playoffs, right? That would count as an unlikely bonus at this point. But the also... The final year of McConnell's deal, only five million of that nine point three million is guaranteed, so some flexibility on the back end, some good stretchability if if it comes to that, or you know he's just a lemon at that point in his career. I highly doubt that, but you know that's some nice coverage
0: on the back end. Like thirty four by then, right? Yeah, thirty four. Yeah, but I mean he's not going to be a lemon (laughs) like. And T. No, McConnell's but that, that, I mean, kind of guy. small point guards, they, they can fall fast. Oh, sure. It,
1: it's nice to have the flexibility. It, it's possible he's way worse than now, but, I mean, he's not going to be, like, not an NBA player, I Oh, like.
0: uh, well, you know, 34, is, you know, I don't know. I mean, how many backup 34 are there than the NBA?
1: Rondo is the first guy that came into my head just now. Okay, but Rondo's Lou
0: Williams, I guess, is. I'd have, kind of yeah, yeah I'd have to rifle through, like, an actual list of players yeah. to do that. Jeff Teague. Yeah, but you're all naming guys who are probably at their top better than. That's true. true. We'll see. But anyway, it settles out
1: to $29.3 guaranteed. I don't know what the bonuses are, so it could end up being obviously more than that, depending on how those are. Um, My small note I wanted to include here is that assuming that the four for 29 reporting on Carlisle are exactly correct, that means TJ McConnell is the Pacers signing of the offseason, not Rick Carlisle. I was wondering how close those would end up being, and the answer is very close. But uh, overall, I would say that learning about the bonuses and the basically half guaranteed last season of that deal makes me feel even a little better about it. Um, instead of an average of 8.8 million per year, that's at, at absolute most, uh, if he, that means he's good enough to stay on the team in the last season and he hits his bonuses every time. Um, but it, it's closer to 7.3 million per year, which seems like the perfect range for McConnell. That's honestly the low end of what we were guessing he would get.
0: Yeah, I figured that last year might even be less guaranteed, to be honest.
1: That, yeah. I, well, I, I, Bobby Marks was, was close when he, with his, uh, how much he reported it would be guaranteed in the last year. So I kind of knew about what to expect. But yeah, you know, I, I thought it might be a
0: little lower as well. Um, but that, that's a fair deal to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the contract is basically exactly what we thought he was worth. I mean, it is probably on the slight high end, but we were both saying seven. No, we were saying seven to 10. I think it's on the low end, kind of. I was thinking more like seven and nine, and up being about still
1: the low end of that, though, right? <laughs> well, what was what's the first year again? Seven. It's seven point three per year, uh, guaranteed. So I suppose if they keep him, it's more.
0: Yeah, you. but really, it's I, I don't. But he gets twenty nine. Let's get if he's twenty nine million dollars in three seasons, right? If he's cut. Sure. Right. So that's really just not actually the number. Yeah. That's
1: a fair way to look at. It.
0: That's a way. So then it's more like nine and a half, right? Nine point eight. That's a good point. That, so if that's how I would look at it. So it is the high end, I think, of what we thought.
1: I think you have to split it. It's either X amount over three seasons, which would be yeah. a 29 or, yeah, I agree with you. Though. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, uh, I made a good point. So really, it's- Look it's at you. Eight, it's I hate 8. it $8.75 million contract, right? If I like, if you're going to math correctly. Yeah. Roughly. What? Like, and that's Sorry. 8.7, right? Yes, that's originally what it, we thought it was. Yeah, well, that's what it's average to it be per year once it's all paid out, and that's about the high end. I think seven to nine, and that's the yeah. But,
1: okay, yeah. understood. Valid counterpoints from Adam Friedman for once. Um, still not a bad deal, but yeah, it's no, a little, not,
0: not not a bad. They didn't overpay. they just paid right. like the higher of what his range was. we thought.
1: Yep, uh, but that makes him the signing of the summer as of now. Over Carlisle, so congratulations to him. Uh, the second thing here: uh, the summer league schedule is altered. I thought our third segment today would be really excited about watching the Pacers play an actual basketball game in Vegas, but there were some contact tracing COVID issues within the Washington wizards, the Pacers first opponent. So that game got uh, postponed slash maybe completely canceled. Uh, The Pacers have a new game on their schedule. They play the Knicks at 2 PM on Monday. If you're listening on Monday, that game might be coming up sooner, just ended or whatever, but uh, that probably means Pacers wizards won't happen. And so now the Pacers play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday uh, for their four regular season games. So, uh, no summer league talk yet. Hopefully that is the only COVID occurrence that impacts any team or the Pacers at all really uh, throughout summer league. I think the Nuggets are actually dealing with some stuff too, but hopefully the
0: Pacers are able to play and everybody can get out of there safe and, and unscathed. Yeah. If you look at it right now, I'm watching some highlights from kid Cunningham. So there's been some, some summer league games at least. Yes. They started up today. Every team, but
1: the wizards, I mean, even, the nuggets had to actually sign two players to field eight guys for their first summer league game. They so Kate that Cunningham.
0: shows that should tell you how bad things could be for the wizards right now is that they couldn't even play. Yeah, but they actually have a decent. They have a decent roster now. The Wizards. The yeah, compared to the summer league, their actual team is no longer a bunch of like summer league eligible players. It's kind of. Oh, no,
1: they have a good team. Yeah, <laughs> they had a former former Pacer, Joe Young, was on the Wizard summer league team. Oh, nice. We is don't get to watch playing? him play, unfortunately. Did he play in China last year? Yeah, not playing. Uh, two years in a row. But actually, I think I read that the Chinese Basketball Association might not be doing foreign players next year. It's a COVID, uh, COVID protocol thing. So Joe Young might have to explore other opportunities. Not he that he won't them. have a bunch, but <laughs> yeah, he can find a job in Europe. I'm he's, sure he's pro level. Yeah, um, he's not he's not NBA level for sure, but he's definitely pro level. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so the Pacers will now play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for their regular season summer league games. The final note here, something we teased kind of last Friday. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, Pacers assistant coach, gold medalist. The Pacers get it, or the Pacers. Wow, Team USA gets it done against France, barely squeaking it out at the end. Uh, Kevin Durant was just unbelievable all Olympics long, but. I don't think Lloyd Pierce actually gets a medal. Like, coaches don't get medals, right? In, in, uh, um, yes, they do,
0: Tony. What the hell are you talking about? They do? Of course they do. You don't think it, – it's not like it's, it's Every not, sport? No, no, no. But I think in basketball, because you need a coach, right? It's not – and maybe soccer the same way. It's not like – like, gymnastics coaches don't get them, obviously. But I think – that's, sure. that's
1: why I was asking – because like I've never seen a gymnastics coach with a medal or a swimming coach with a medal. Yeah, but that's those are not team sports. I bet. Oh, but sports. I do see a picture from the the medal event where Greg Popovich has a gold medal around. His yeah, day. I think for team events you probably get the coaches get medals. Maybe okay. I might I might be wrong. <laughs> I did not expect he <laughs> to actually get a physical medal. Well, that's even cooler if he does get a physical.
0: Uh, medal. Yeah, the, honestly, we talked about a second, but like the biggest most disappointing with the Olympics was if Turner was healthy, he probably on that roster, and that sucks. for him not be able to get a gold.
1: Yeah, they originally had. Who did they have as their backup center? Kevin um, Love. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Love was there, and then, Kevin Love like, and
0: Bam are the centers originally. Ben yes, came in.
1: That's right. That's right. And then Draymond played backup center a lot for them anyway um but then when when kevin love it turns out is not good anymore and was out of shape and not ready to oh three more years 90 million dollars right <laughs> yeah two, when camp started and i was so into him as an idea for the pacers for a long time but it, he he speaking of lemons as we said earlier i think he's reached that stage uh so you're right uh, very well paid lemon though good for him yeah great for him He get your money man but anyway yeah, when he got removed from the team, I thought Turner had a chance to get there. Uh, Javale McGee got the spot, which is something. Javale McGee now has a gold medal, uh, and an so, NBA championship, right? With the Lakers last well, we year? But we also too. saw that same week. That's true. Javale is a is a gold medalist and a champion. Wow. But we also saw that same, the exact same week that Javale got called up to the national team. Turner posting rehab clips on his Instagram
0: story. So, I, I think it was a health thing. And, like... Oh, yeah, I think, that's what it seemed like. I mean, he, he hadn't played basketball since he hurt his... What he... Had, it was a... April, a, early April. Yeah, what was the injury? Was it a planner?
1: He had a foot injury, and he had... But do you remember he had something else before that? He ended up... He had some other injury, played against the Hawks for one game, and then hurt his foot in that game, and then was out for that's a right. while. It was
0: a rough end. Yeah, so he probably hadn't played basketball in, like, three months. Like, 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 like full basketball because he'd right. been injured. Well,
1: he... So, for those yeah. of you who are obsessed with pacer player Instagram stories like me, he he's been playing with Carlisle in Dallas the last couple of days, which is
0: pretty cool. Yeah, go on him. Just get healthy for the season. I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, it would nice to win a gold medal for him because it's an achievement, especially because he's probably not going to be on it four years from now. There'll probably be a different American center that'll be on the team. He's just probably like his peak time. But you know what? Get healthy for the NBA season because that's what matters to us in this podcast at least.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out uh, what other centers would have been eligible. So Bam was awesome, and he was on the team. He started. Uh, AD Anthony Davis also coming off of injury. He was but he's powerful. not a center, Tony.
0: He's a power forward.
1: Well, US Team USA basketball lists him as a forward slash okay. center. So. I'm just messing with
0: you, right? He won't play center, right? Isn't that the big thing? Yeah, that? that's true. That's true.
1: Andre Drummond Turner's better than him. Uh, Dwight Howard Turner is better than him at this stage. Brooke Lopez Turner had
0: just passed him, probably. He was really good his last season with the Bucks. Uh,
1: DeAndre JaVale, Aiden, no, Aiden
0: is not American, right? Aiden is from the Bahamas. Aiden is not right? correct, correct.
1: Uh, JaVale, McGee who ultimately made the team Mason Plumley, who Turner is better than who has made the team before. And then miles, that was the pool of centers on the 2020 USA men's
0: roster of like, you know what I've realized the U S just doesn't have very good centers. Not really. Like, no. like, like, like all the best centers are foreign. I mean, cause that's probably cause the thing of like, right. They say one in like 11 people over seven feet are in, in the NBA. So, I mean, it's, that's a world thing though. So like, yeah, Jokic and Giannis you already said event. Aiden, yeah. Aiden, yeah.
1: yeah. So I think Turner probably would have made it and gotten a gold medal if he wasn't hurt, which is yeah. a huge bummer.
0: Oh, then the let's continue. Let's hold on. Is uh, Busevich, Gobert, Capella, Towns is <laughs> in America, I don't think either. I think Correct. he's uh, uh, Valanchunas,
1: wow, is, is like Stops.
0: I mean, you're going down the list. Wow, there are not a lot of Americans. Who was there. the 26th? Yeah, so. Jared Allen? If he'd be the next, I mean, he's probably somewhere. Maybe. Rashawn he's Holmes?
1: Good. So, Turner, unfortunately, he probably would have been on the team because of AD's injury. He had a shot, but he, his own injury kept him off. So, yep. just one gold medal for now. I mean, we were surmising if there could be more Pacers because of the season ending the way it was. But, I mean, once Drew, Chris, and Devin Booker were all committed to play and in the finals, the Pacers had no shot of having
0: anyone on this team. So, so except for Lloyd Pierce, who was a gold medal. Who would have been team. on the team anyways?
1: Well, I was who thinking Brogdon might have a shot
0: because he was eligible oh, as well. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but... Uh, he obviously could not make it once again.
1: If finalists, if guys in the finals are willing to go. Uh, Brian yeah. One
0: well. of the best, the arguably like the second best player in the NBA playoffs last year, Devin Booker. And the third best was probably Chris Middleton, frankly. So. Right. Oh, there's a third pacer who is eligible.
1: Oh, <laughs> I pull up the 2020 list. was eligible and, and Vic.
0: Yeah, Vic was eligible as well. Is he, is he count for the American team? I thought he wasn't He playing in the African games at one point for his parents. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I know he's from America, but I wonder. I know he was playing. I thought he was playing in Africa games as like a thing for his parents' home country. I'm not sure.
1: Okay, but anyway, congrats to Lloyd Pierce. I'm glad he gets an actual medal, and I did not know that that was the case for him. Uh, and it'll be fun to talk with him about that once he gets back and and decompresses from a long trip overseas. That's all I got. Uh, this week will be an interesting one. Here, we're done. With, I mean, we're basically done with free agency coverage. There's nothing else we can talk about until the Pacers actually do something. They'll probably officially sign Tory Craig in the next couple of days, and maybe we can talk about, you know, his contract when it becomes official. But other than that, until they actually do something, we're going to be looking at potential stuff for next season, uh, how guys fit with Carlisle, grading this whole offseason in general, and stuff like that. And then we'll also do summer league thoughts because we'll get to see some of the young Pacers actually play. Chris Duarte, uh, Isaiah Jackson's a maybe, although the the one day delay could actually help him be available for the Pacers for summer league game. Uh, and some other guys of importance, Cassius Stanley, uh, Amita Brima, for example, are all playing. So we'll have a lot to break down summer league wise on that front and, and how the Pacers play will be something to monitor as well. Uh, so, yeah, still a lot to talk about this week as we as we get into the heart of summer. So you got anything else, Adam?
0: No, I can't wait to grade the off season eventually. <laughs> you can't wait. I have not even thought about what I'm going to give them. So we'll oh, see. I guess I didn't mean like a grade, a grade, I just mean like, like evaluating it. Oh, yeah. it happened.
1: Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you had a great weekend. I hope you are able to catch the Pacers for a summer league game, but if not, you know who's going to be breaking it down tomorrow in way too much detail. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.